She's a Dove Award-winning Christian artist whose songs like Open Up the Heavens, Strong God, and Not For A Moment have touched millions. But despite her busy music career, Meredith Andrews stays connected to the church where she got her start, and that's where I recently caught up with her. Welcome to Seeking Truth. I'm Julie Royce, and you can find me online at julieroyce, spelled R-O-Y-S, dot com. Meredith, just such a pleasure to be with you, and thanks for taking the time here at the Vertical Church Conference. Yep. I know for you, this is like coming home, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. I mean, sitting in this studio, I can Im- I can remember so many times that I was in here singing a vertical song or, you know, a new song that we were working on. So yes, it is absolutely like coming home. Everybody I see, I'm just like, give me hugs, you know, because <laughs> I, I live in Nashville now, but I lived here for almost 10 years. So mm-hmm. this is still family and always will be. And as I understand, like you've been doing music since you were like, what, six years old? Something yeah. Like that. Um, but it seemed like when you were here at Harvest, mm-hmm. just a lot of stuff came together for you. So I, I'd just be curious what your your church experience was like mm-hmm. and why it is you keep returning here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, when I was at Liberty as a senior, uh, James, Pastor James came down and spoke in one of our chapel services where I was leading worship. And I didn't meet him that day. He called out a kid on the front row for not having his Bible in very James <laughs> McDonald fashion. Yeah. And um, my friend at work, that worked at the school called me the next day and said, hey, James McDonald wants to talk to you. Um, here's so his you number. were recruited. I was recruited. And I, he said, you know, Mira, I didn't, I didn't even meet you yesterday. I just saw the back of your head. But when you started singing, the whole room changed. And I wanted to see if you would come to Chicago and see if Harvest could be a fit for you. And so I came with my dad because I'm still a college student and just trying to figure out what's next. And as soon as I walked into the Rolling Meadows campus, I just knew that I knew that this was where I was going to spend a lot of years. And it was a place that I could grow. And what was so significant for me with all of the other music stuff that was kind of happening simultaneously. Like I moved up in um, August of 2006 and um, then I started going to Nashville soon after that and writing. And then um, a couple months later signed a record deal, but it was so important to me and so necessary for me to be grounded in a local church. And um, you know, there was the whole pushed it. Hey, why don't you move to Nashville? And I just didn't feel released. I didn't feel um, like I needed to be in Nashville. I was, um, I loved being able to pour into the same people every weekend. Um, Now, granted, I would travel from Chicago and, you know, I was usually leading worship about half the year and then half the rest of the year I was on the road. Um, But I feel like being in a place like this, it so informed the way that I wrote and it so grew me in my faith and it just laid this foundation that was just so significant um, for everything. And so I poured out from a place of health. I poured out from a place of um, I was being fed and I was being poured into. And so when I would go out on the road, um, a lot of what was, was coming out of me was just what I had been taught or what I was, what I was learning, just sitting under the rich teaching that's here at Harvest, you know, from the word. And, um, I'm so thankful for those years. And, you know, just about two years ago, the Lord did release us from here. And, um, but like I said, Harvest is, will always be family and we're thankful for where he has us now too. Yeah, so you you moved down to Nashville. Yeah. But as I understand, you come back here pretty, I mean, how frequently? Well, for the first two years, I was still on staff technically, even Uh, though I was living in Nashville. And so I came back 20 weekends 
those two years. Huh. And we've st- since come off staff, so I'll just come when they ask me to come. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Do you have that kind of relationship with any church down in Nashville? I We are a part of a church there called The Belonging, and it's a church that's three years old, and um, it's an amazing church. But, you know, everything that we do, which what's really neat is Nashville is such an interesting town because there's so many people there that are in the music industry. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that everybody in our church who's on stage is like a pro musician yeah. and they're like stacked about five deep there's, for every instrument you know there's like no amateur no people no on the amateurs. music teams are there it's no just... not at all not at all yeah. so but it's a really beautiful thing because um everyone at our church in Nashville volunteers their time. No one is, except there's one worship guy who's on staff, but everybody else, all the the people who travel usually on the weekends will come in because we love what God is doing there. And we're just so thankful to be a part of a body that uh, really believes that God is wanting to to bring revival, not only to our city, but to the cities and the, the towns and the states of our country and, and, and of our world, that God is wanting to, and he's, he's stirring our hearts and opening our eyes to see him and to hear him like we never have before. And, and I think it's more about instead of revival in a church setting where you go to church for like eight months of your life every night or something crazy like that, it's more about revival in the street. It's more about revival in your workplace. It's more about understanding that we carry the very spirit of God inside of us. And so that wherever we set our foot, we're taking territory, we're taking authority in the name of Jesus. And we're just being being bold and the righteous are as bold as a lion, you know, and, and just saying, no, I believe that God wants to set you free from that. And can I pray for you? And, and just carrying the presence of God wherever we go. And so um, it's been an amazing journey. And we're so thankful to be plugged into that church down there now, too. I love interviewing you. And I, I interviewed interviewed Catherine Scott just yeah. a little bit earlier, but you guys are about the church, yeah. you know, and, and I hate to say this, but not all musicians, Christian oh, musicians, sure. have that passion for the church, and right. I hear it in your voice and in, in what you're doing. I see it in the way that you carry out your ministry. Mm. Um, you know, she was telling me about revival that's happening in Ireland. Oh, that's awesome. I know, 6,000 so people in wow. her town coming to the Lord, doing the same oh, thing. Oh, come on, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, no, just, you know, yeah. really telling people the yeah. same thing. Hey, yeah. when you're there at the hair salon or when, yep. you know, wherever you are, exactly. share the word. And then some of them getting out there and doing old style street evangelism, right. which is actually producing fruit. So, awesome. I mean, I'm like, you may not like that style, you may whatever just do it right that's right whatever (laughs) it takes you know we can't be silent anymore and people are hurting and people need to know the truth and you know it's funny I think or maybe not funny isn't exactly the right word but I think that there are many people who um, maybe they would say they've been hurt by the church and what we have to understand I think as people who are in ministry who are, are are part of the capital C church is that we are the bride of Christ we're not perfect and there's no perfect churches because because it's made up of imperfect humans. But if our core desire is just to seek the Lord and to, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and to see his glory displayed across the earth and his kingdom advancing, then that's it. And so that means that we love people right where they are. And maybe there are even people in, you know, you mentioned not all Christian artists are like that. Well, they might have been, they might have, they might say, I've been wounded by the church. And so it's important for us just to love them. And, and for them to understand that 
people are going to fail. That it's inevitable. People are going to hurt you. People are going to misunderstand you. People are going to fail you. But God never will fail you. And the church isn't built on people. The church is built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And so when we keep running to him, when we cast our cares on him because he cares for us, and we understand that this is bigger than us, it's bigger than these little kingdoms that we could build for ourselves. This is the kingdom of God that is taking the world by force and 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 rescuing people who um, are hopeless, who are lost, who are um, who have no purpose, and God wants to give them purpose, and God wants to show them that He created them in His image, and He has a plan that is good and is to prosper them and not to harm them. And I'm just passionate about this because I believe that the answer for the world is not a government, it's not politics, it's not systems in place. It is Amen. the church, and that's why God has put us on the earth. Well, tell me, because you sort of alluded to this, that you're mm-hmm. seeing revival in pockets, you're seeing mm-hmm. stuff happen. I mean, tell us about that, because a lot of us look at what's happening in the news, what happened this past w- right. past few days in right. Charlottesville. I mean, just absolutely horrifying, yeah, horrifying what, what's happening in this country. Yet, yeah. give us the rest of the story, what you're yeah. seeing when, you know, when you go out on tour, when you're involved. I know Vertical Church has done a number of conferences or yeah. events, right. you know, all across the country. So, what are you seeing? What's the what's the heart of people right now when you mm-hmm. call them mm-hmm. to a relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. Christ? I think people are hungry. Mm-hmm. I think people are um, tired of religion. Um, and they're looking for something that's real that will change their lives. And even in light of everything that happened in Charlottesville the last few days, um, as uh, horrific and devastating as that is, it gives the church an opportunity to rise up and say, no more, not on our watch. This is not okay. This is not the heart of God. Because when you think about what heaven's going to look like, it's every tribe and nation, every tongue, every color, every race, and it is going to be a beautiful sight. And so I think think what I've been seeing, just even like with social media, you know, my friends, people in the church saying, this is, this is not going to fly. And we're standing up. We have a voice. We're going to speak for the voiceless. We're going to say that this is not okay. That is not of God. And just the seeing people rise up and say like we're taking a stand we're drawing a line in the sand this we're, we want to represent who Jesus is and um, also like wherever I go and when I'm traveling I was in Louisiana and in Dallas this past weekend and I was in uh, some Southern Baptist churches you know very traditional very you know hey brother how you doing that sort of thing and and it was beautiful to me to see every age and seeing people um, just really hungry for God, go after God in, in the Baptist church, you know, which maybe traditionally you wouldn't think as maybe as lively or um, expressive in their worship. But the presence of God was so strong both times that I led worship. And I just thought, God, you're moving and you're moving us towards this connection with your heart. Um, and it's less about what we do for you. And it's more about who we are in you and what you've done for us. Because you see, I'm, I'm finding that it's less about what doing, it's less about doing and more about being like, what is our position? What is our identity as, as sons and daughters of the living God? That is who we are. And, and nothing that goes on in this world, nothing that people say about us changes our identity or our position. And so when we know that we are loved unconditionally by the God of the universe, we live from that place. And I don't have to be 
insecure or afraid of what people will think, but I can just stand on who I am as a daughter of the King and love people like I've been loved. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing while there's, you know, the, the media, I think will highlight the hate, but the church is rising up and loving like we're supposed to love across borders, across, uh, you know, beyond a, it's not about agenda. There's no agenda except just to love people where they are, because that's what Jesus did. Hmm. I want to talk a little bit about your music. I mean, okay. we, could, we could talk for or just oh, about Jesus, this. which is I so love great. This so much. <laughs> which so is good. probably why I love your music so much. And I have to say, the first time, like I've heard you on the radio before, but and this is actually just recent. There was a Moody video that was posted, and it was you leading worship at something with a, vid- a vertical church band or something. I was like, wow. She's an amazing worship leader. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, and I then went online and saw more of your worship leading. And I mean, it just struck me that you are in your element when you are leading worship. It reminds me of how the the people of Israel, when they went into battle, they would put the the musicians first, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think the worship leaders do lead the church. And so I, I just, I love your songs, you know, Not For A Moment, Open Up The Heavens, Soar. I'm just wondering, what's your favorite song? And, yeah. and what would be like if you would look at, oh, this is one, I'm sure you have like dozens, but yes. um, what one would you, would you say, this is one that's really personal, really connects deeply with me right mm-hmm, now? Mm-hmm. Uh, two songs come to mind, two mm-hmm. worship songs, and I think they're fairly familiar, so people will know them. First one is, um, What A Beautiful Name. Mm-hmm. And I just heard last week, what's interesting about that song is that um, it almost didn't release because, you know, maybe the powers that be thought, well, this isn't current enough or it's a little too old school or or whatnot. And you go like, but those old truths are the ones that ring true in our hearts and they're the ones that we want to sing over and over again. And um, I love the second verse that says, you didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great. Your love was greater. What mm-hmm. can separate us now? Oh, man, that doesn't punch you in the gut. I don't know what will. Like, yeah. that's so good. And every time I sing it, I just feel like I'm about to rapture. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I just, that's I know so that feeling, though, because you totally. are being brought right up to the throne that's of right. God. Exactly. And there's nothing like singing the name of Jesus because yeah. there are times when, there have been times in my life when I didn't know, I didn't have a song. Mm. You know, I didn't know what else to sing. I couldn't even pray except to say, Jesus. Mm. Jesus. Yeah. But there's so much power. There's there's so much freedom in mm. one name. And so that song for me is like it just brings it back to this is the main this is everything. He is everything, you know. Um and then another one that comes to my mind is one called King of My Heart. And a, a couple of different people have have recorded it. But the the chorus is so simple and it just says you are good. Good. Oh. oh. But when you sing that over and over and over again, you start to believe what you're singing. And I think for all of us, no matter what our circumstances are, when we sing what is true, when we sing the promises of God, when we sing about, you know, what God is like, then we remind ourselves, you know, God is good. He is good and he is for me. And the bridge says, and you're never going to let me go. You're never going to let, never going to let me down. I'm never going to let me down. And it might not look like what we think it's going to look like, but he's got the big picture and his ways are higher and he's always good, even when our circumstances are not. And it's so important for us 
just to sing those promises over ourselves to remind our own souls of who God is and like and what he's like his character his heart for us and it shifts our perspective you know our our eyes are no longer on what we can't fix or control or change and our eyes are on the Lord who is good and kind and faithful and true mm. always amen so What's new for you? I mean, what's next? You yeah. have uh, something in the works that's well, coming out soon? I'm working on a Christmas album right now. Oh, fun. <laughs> yes, so in that's the middle really of fun. August. In the middle but of, of course, summer. Yeah. I know that's always how it goes. But we turn the air conditioning up really high. You know, <laughs> and, yeah, I put a blanket around me. It's like maybe it's cold inside instead of outside. You know, <laughs> it might start snowing. It's so cold in here. But yeah, I'm really excited about that. It was kind of an organic thing that um, my husband Jacob and I have been working on together. He's producing it. Um, but we went in not even fully knowing what our all the songs were going to be and what the arrangements were going to sound like and we kind of just wrote some like bridges and choruses to older traditional songs like on the fly and it's just come together really I'm I'm super excited about it because I want it to be worshipful because like I know for Christmas for me um whenever I really start thinking about the way that Jesus came to earth for us like that he left heaven bankrupt isn't that the phrase? Like he bankrupt heaven, bankrupted, bankrupted. <laughs> like he left heaven, and he came to earth just for us. Like it, and as a baby, not as a king, in a, in a stable, not in a palace, and just to show that he's for all people. And so, whenever I think about that, it stirs my heart to worship. And so, I, I really want this Christmas album not to be just like fun to listen to when you're, you know, drinking hot chocolate by the fire, but will lead people down that thought process of, wow, Jesus did this for me. And Christmas is so much more than I, you know, I mean, it's everything. It, it's the, it was the beginning of everything for us. So I'm excited about that. And then um, I've written probably a hundred songs since I released my last record. Are maybe, you? Maybe wow. se- yes, uh, seventy-five to hundred. I need to count. So now, now after the Christmas, <laughs> no, you got to pick. How yeah, do you, no, you have to pick? Yeah. I, that's the question. That's I don't tough. know. It's so hard. It's really hard. Thankfully, I have a good team around me that we can do that. But after the Christmas record is done, the plan is to just start sifting through those songs, and because um, I want to release a worship project in 2018 at some point, that's the plan. So. Wow. And yeah. I'm curious, how do you do you write? Are you just like in a place of worship and they come out or do you intentionally sit down, I'm going to write a song or how does that work? Well, it depends. A lot of times I'll schedule co-writes and when you live in Nashville, you can write oh, every sure. day. Yeah. Um, and so I have been writing a ton and I'll just schedule it with people. And a lot of times we'll just go in and someone will have an idea or, you know, I'll just say like, this is what God's really been stirring on my heart or I have this phrase or this concept, you know, um, I don't really write by myself anymore. Every now, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't write by myself a ton anymore. I, every now and again, I'll have like, um, like a little chorus or the start of a verse and I'll just take it in. Um, oh, to a co-write, yeah, it's that so much be better. Yeah. It's so fun writing with other people because you get to hear their perspective, and you end up writing something that you never would have written on your own. You know, and I just love the community of it because you can't not have a meaningful conversation when you're writing about stuff that ma- that applies to your heart and and what God is doing and your faith. You know, so um, it's been amazing just to write more and kind of exercise that muscle, I guess. And, and to also just as a songwriter, if that's one of the ways that God has gifted you, like 
it's good just to use your gift, whether that song ever sees the light of day or not. You know, it was for the Lord and he was glorified in it. Well, amen. And keep writing. I mean, you are, you're blessing the church and you bless me. So I thank you for that. I thank you for your faithfulness. Yeah. um, Because you never know. It strikes me that when people are faithful, they have no idea how many people God will use their faithfulness to bless. So um, thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Love being with you. Thanks. You've been listening to Seeking Truth, a podcast exploring issues related to faith and culture. I'm Julie Royce. And if you want more information about Meredith or me, just go to my website, julieroyce, spelled R-O-Y-S dot com. Also, while you're there, please sign up for updates so we can stay in touch. And when you do, you'll receive a free chapter of my new book, Redeeming the Feminine Soul. So again, just go to julieroyce.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope you have a great week and continue Seeking Truth.